Hi everyone, welcome back. I hope you are doing well. Let me just say this episode coming out is so timely. I needed this. When I recorded this a few weeks ago, I was feeling a little down, but after talking to Steve Gamlin, I felt so much better about myself, about my life, and the direction that I'm going in, and I hope he does the same to you. Steve Gamlin is now in his 17th year as the motivational firewood guy. Steve Gamlin shares his back-to-basics blend of positivity and humor with corporate and conference audiences around the country. Drawing from a decade in the radio industry, seven years of stand-up comedy, and the 30-plus year of personal development journey that he's been through, Steve teaches his clients to see their desired outcomes, understand why, and then build action plans to achieve them all while utilizing his vision board mastery program as well as live events. Thank you so much for coming on today, Steve. He has his own podcast radio show, which he'll plug at the end, but I'm sure it's very exciting for you to be into the guest experience. Steve Gamlin, aka the Motivational Firewood Guy, relates motivational tactics to his life stories with some humor involved there as well. So I know Steve from way back when I was a sophomore in high school, probably six or seven years ago, I went to the Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership Organization, Hobie, um, it was called. And the one thing that stuck out to me most was I told him the roller coaster story. And I'm sure he can reiterate it better than I can, but just learning about the click, click, click and how that relates to your daily goal setting and just getting there slowly and steady. (laughs) So Steve, do you want to reiterate on that story? Because I'm sure you can say it much better than I can. You actually captured it absolutely perfectly right there. And thank you so much for having having me on your show. And yes, I do love being on the receiving side of questions and, and being a part of shows. So thank you. Yeah. So much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, the roller coaster story came out a number of years ago. It was in the early 2000s at a particularly low point in my life. And I just had a few bucks in my pocket one weekend. And I went to an old amusement park that I always loved as a kid. And I got on this old rickety wooden roller coaster. And I was in the second row of the front car. And I was looking up at the top of the hill. And it started to formulate in my head saying, okay, here's where I am right now. I want to make sure I surround myself with good people who are going to enjoy the ride, obviously. But the top of that first hill is my goal. Because once we get over that, the momentum will carry me the rest of the way. Mm. But you can't cheat your way up there. You can't skip steps. You have to click, 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 click. And the morning after I started to kind of take notes and remember it, I thought, well, our goals are exactly the same way. Our goals are at the top of a hill. We want to climb. We want to improve our lives to get better. But we have to do every single step necessary, even if we don't know what they all are yet. We have to click, click, click. We can't cheat our way to our goals and be able to do them with any integrity. Mm -hmm. But we have to do all the steps. We have to touch every base on the way up there. And just like the roller coaster, when you achieve your goal, I hope people actually celebrate themselves and scream their brains out because... When you get to the end of that ride of a roller coaster, if you really enjoyed it, what's the first thing you want to do? Go on again. Right. Set a new goal and start clicking toward that. And if you keep repeating that pattern, you're going to get a lot higher and a lot farther than you probably believed you could when you first set that goal. Hmm. That's an amazing 
example right there of how goal setting and just working hard daily can really get you places. And I think for me being such a big picture person, um, sometimes I stress myself out and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have all these things I want to achieve, but what am I doing today? And then taking it back to just the click, click, click really helps me ground myself. So I'm not having anxiety over why I have a, and I reached this goal yet or this one. So yeah, yeah, it really has helped me throughout my years of college and just high school in general, because those are not easy years, especially nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So one thing that I always ask my guests is what defines your lifestyle? Uh, humor, acts of kindness, and gratitude are my three biggest buzzwords these days, because especially with everything going on in the world right now, we need to laugh. Yeah. And we need to really connect with other people. And, and I know that's another word that I love to use is connection, but humor, being a part of every day, making at least one person laugh, whether it's in person, which isn't as easy these days, acts of kindness, which is something that I committed to do at least one every single day, even if it's just reaching out to a friend saying, I hope you have a great day. Mm -hmm. And then gratitude. Uh, every morning when I get up, I have uh, my gratitude journal is underneath my laptop on my desk. And I get up every day and before I fire up the laptop, I'll pull out the journal and I'll write the date, the words, good stuff. <laughs> and then I'll write one, two, three. And in less than a line each, I jot down my favorite moments from the previous day. And, and this is the, the rule I use, the weirder, the better. <laughs> because if I can capture them in one line, even years later, and I proved it recently, I can look at that one line and tap back into the emotions of that particular day and feel the joy all over again. So huh. to not just get up every day and say, I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful for my family. Cause after nine days, yeah. you're not going to say it as, as happily as the first day. So I can't repeat every day. I just write those three moments. And I literally wow. in, a, in a pandemic year, 2020, I wrote about a thousand. My goodness. Moments. That's incredible. And I love how you don't just leave it to like the big topics, like family, friends, because like, I feel like I say that a lot, but eventually it's like, okay, I said that yesterday. So that's yeah. a really good point. Taking very specific, maybe funny moments, weird moments from your day that you were just like, wow, I really appreciated that. That's a good yeah. tip. And keeping it under yeah. your laptop too, because for us people glued to our laptop, like where else are you going to sit all day? So you have to, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. I love the answers to that question because everyone takes it in so many different directions, but that sounds just like you. So perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So can you tell us about your background and what got you into motivational speaking? I love hearing the background stories of how people got to where they are. Yeah. Well, when I was about nine or 10 years old, there was, and I'm, and I'm dating myself here. This is around 1978. There was a TV show called WKRP in Cincinnati, and it was about a radio station. Uh, and there was this guy who had kind of longish hair, scraggly beard. He wore sunglasses indoors, which I just thought was so cool. <laughs> and he wore jeans and t-shirts and he played records for a living. And at nine or 10 years old, I just said, I want to do that someday. And I wound up doing that. I got on the radio for 10 years from when I was age 24 to 34, 35. And then I was just so burned out. I did 15 years worth of hours in 10. Plus I had started my own DJ company and I was working every weekend. Wow. So I was absolutely fried. So in a moment of not really deep thinking or preparation, I quit my radio career without a full-time job, which led shortly thereafter to my first marriage ending. I went through a divorce. And at age 35, I was $62,000 in debt 
and had to crawl home and live with family. I was just busted and just down in the ashes. And in August, 2003, I was just out getting out some frustrations one day, mm -hmm. hitting a bucket of golf balls at a driving range. And I went way to the far, far end of the tee boxes because I am the world's most dangerous golfer. <laughs> if, if you don't want to get hit, stand right in front of me because none of the golf balls <laughs> go straight. So I went way down the end just so I wouldn't hurt anybody. Yeah. And I was underneath some power lines uh, overhead and a thunderstorm came ripping through. And I just stood there and I'm like, oh, my life blows anyway. So I'm not even going to leave. Ugh. And I actually took my club and I just looked up and I didn't just being sarcastic, not mad. I said, go ahead. I dare you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Barefoot in the wet grass under power lines. And everybody else but me ran from the storm. So I hit all of my golf balls in two other people's full buckets. And when I got to the end, I could hardly even lift my arms. It was almost an hour. When I got to my car, the sun came out and I just started laughing at how just ridiculous the whole thing was. <laughs> and the next day, I had a weekly call with my then brand new life coach. And he's got his pen and paper and he goes, so how was your week? I said, I can hear you over there. Put your pen down and listen to this. <laughs> and I retold that whole story and I just tried to make it really funny. And he said, I got to ask you two questions. Are you this open and honest about your life with everybody? And I said, well, yeah, usually being self-deprecating or whatever, but sure. And then he asked, have you ever thought of being a motivational speaker or a stand-up comedian? Hmm. And I said, yes to both, but I have no idea, honestly, how to pursue either one. Mm -hmm. And he gave me a couple of clues. Matter of fact, he had a brochure on his desk uh, from a local community college that had an intro to stand-up comedy class starting two weeks later. I was there. Wow. And he asked me about Toastmasters, which is a big organization about how to learn to craft speaking and stories and confidence and body language and, and word usage. And three weeks later, I started there. Wow. And here we are. This is my 17th year speaking. I did stand up for seven. And then I just chose to focus more on just the speaking. Wow. That is incredible. And I just, I love the story of the golf balls. I'll definitely remember that one from today. And I kind of love how people, the people who don't take themselves too seriously, even when they're really down and out, like I think are the most successful because it's like you don't have, you don't care what other people think. And it's just like you take life with like this positive mindset. I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's okay to be in the ashes. You just, and yeah. people used to say, oh, Steve, you rose from the ashes like a majestic <laughs> phoenix. I go, oh, take it back a notch. I said, dude, my phoenix rides a pogo stick. <laughs> I've been, you know, up and down, up and down. The key is every time you come back, just try to fly a little bit higher and do something a little better. Hmm. And you're going to stumble and you're going to fall and it's okay, but just keep getting back up and, and climbing out of the ashes. Yes. No, I love that. And I can honestly relate because personally right now I've, I have, I feel like I'm climbing back up out of the ashes because I just had a hard couple of weeks just emotionally for some reason, just because of the times and just with COVID, it's been hard not seeing people. But I think you're right. It's like taking those moments and realizing that you're okay and that you can come out of it and you have to. So, huh, that's so interesting. I love that. I love background stories, like I said. <laughs> So I like to talk about business because I'm actually minoring in business entrepreneurship. So I always wonder, how did you start the business in general? And what led you to become an entrepreneur? Like, do you define yourself as an entrepreneur? And what moment in time were you like, this is my business? This is my life? Yeah. 
uh, ever since I was a kid, I've just always wanted to have my own business doing something. So I've had so many ideas over mm -hmm. the years, most of which never got anywhere or looking back now. Um, I used to be really harsh about my early attempts at anything and it got really self-deprecating and that's not a good way to be. So I've, I've adopted this new way of looking back at all these things that didn't work and just saying, oh my gosh, that's adorable <laughs> as to where my life was at the time. But I always wanted to do something for myself. And when I got into radio in the early nineties, mm -hmm. I was making really, I mean, sub minimum wage when you talked about it on an hourly basis. So I had to do something else. And some friends of mine on the morning show that I worked on had their own DJ businesses, DJing weddings and being mm -hmm. an MC. And they said, you would really love this. And I just fought it tooth and nail. I said, oh God, I hate dance music. I can't dance at all. I'm six foot two with two <laughs> size 12 left feet. And they said, no, 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 no. Just come try it with us. And I went to one event, November 13th, 1994, no, 93, sorry. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, this is for me. And I started my own DJ company just a couple months later. Wow. And did that for 27 years, mm -hmm. in addition to being in radio and also beginning my speaking business. Uh, I've been 100% self-employed since about 2003. Wow. That's incredible. Because I myself, like, kind of parallels right there, because it's like, um, I work for someone, but I've always had my own thing going on in the side freelance design and whatever else people need basically when it comes to their lifestyle. But when I was super young as well, I had that show that I watch HGTV and I'm like, I'm going to be a designer. I'm going to work for myself. I'm going to do real estate. So I think that's incredible, but that you took it a step further and actually, uh, achieve these goals is really cool. And I see the theme of always having, that one contact person or mentor that really led you to your next step in your career. And I think that's so important because I'm all about mentorship too. <laughs> yeah. And, and I still have some of the most incredible mentors and, and it, I was just talking about this with uh, the lady who cuts my hair. We have amazing conversations. We said, you know what, you're kind of, you're born into your family and mm -hmm. you get to choose your friends. But when it comes to, to mentors and coaches and what we all call our tribe, this really amazing group of people that have come together on purpose and we guide each other and we support each other. We cheer each other on. And, you know, we, we all make huge mistakes, but my tribe doesn't throw me out. They just kick parts of my body that my doctor only gets to see once a year and they get me back on track and it's all with love. And that's the biggest key to my success. It's the people I've surrounded myself with mm -hmm. now, because I can't do everything. And you can't just trust Fiverr or some of these outside sources. Now, I use Fiverr for some stuff, mm -hmm. but you're not going to find leadership there. You're not going to find brothers and sisters who've got your back. Mm. You really got to choose the right people to surround yourself with. And I tell you what, it'll take you to the top if you are as committed as they are. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. And especially with social media and Fiverr and the, all these online things. It's so hard sometimes. There's a gray area when it comes to like, is this... A mentorship role or is this like a networking site but i feel like it still comes back down no matter what to personal relationships and having that connection like you were talking yeah. about yeah. yeah that's a really good point and i love mentorship i started a program at my school and i'm like all for it because i truly have seen what it's done for me and surrounding myself with older people or just more knowledgeable people it can be intimidating for some people because you're like i'm not the smartest one in the room but it's also perfect when you want to grow and perfect when you want to learn from them. 
Yeah, it's kind of like hiking up a mountain. The first time I ever climbed uh, Mount Major up in Alton Bay, New Hampshire. And I walked up this trail and it was again at a really low point in my life. And I was walking up and this gentleman was walking down and he said, oh, hey, are you looking, are you going up to the old uh, stone cabin? I said, yes. He goes, oh, when you get up here, go to the right-hand path, not the left-hand because the left-hand is really muddy and slippery today. And by the way, when you get to the top, cut over to the left and you're going to get the best view of the bay. And wow. the lesson I got from that is here's somebody who's already been there, who mm -hmm. is just so willing and open to offer advice just by me having a conversation. Right. And there's so many people out there who are willing to do that for you, but we have to ask right. and be willing to trust. Yeah, exactly. Now, that's a really good point, too, because with social media, I feel like people are feeling the most alone that they've ever felt. But there also is a wonderful opportunity like me reaching out to you like you just have to have the courage to ask because most people yeah. are willing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What are some of the blessings and some of the struggles when it comes to being your own boss that you can share with us, fellow entrepreneurs? A blessing is I get to steer my own ship. For better or for worse, I'm in charge of it. And the biggest reason I left radio was after my first two years, they sold the radio station. We all got fired. Hmm. Five months later, I landed another job, was there for three years. Station got sold. A month later, we all got fired. Then I landed the last group of stations, was there four years. And somebody came to me one day and said, Steve, the owner's going through a divorce. He might have to sell. And I said, I'm out of here. Uh. And I just cut loose. So the best thing is I'm not at the whim or, uh, you know, lightning striking of an industry or somebody else's decisions. Now, the downside of it is, you know, I get to steer my own ship. That's the good side. The downside is I have steered that ship onto the rocks so many times over the years <laughs> by not knowing something and just driving straight into the rocks and then learning a lesson and just waking up on the rocks going, well, that didn't work. <laughs> but I've yeah. survived every single crash so far. Uh, it can be very lonely. It can be very isolating. Yeah. It can be, it can be depressing. It can lead to depression working for yourself. But I'll tell you what, those, those best days are better than all the worst days just for the impact they have. When you look back and see where you started and where you've come and who you surrounded yourself with, that's the best. And, and one bit of advice I give everybody don't try to be self-made because nobody is, even though some people say they're self-made. You learn from people for better or for worse. There are examples out there. You build your programs. And if nothing else, nobody's a self-made millionaire because they have clients and customers who have traded their cash mm -hmm. for a product or service to make them a millionaire. So even though you may feel alone some days, you're never alone always reach out and build a network of cool people, even if they're just there to make you laugh when you're feeling down. Wow. I honestly really needed to hear that because I myself as an entrepreneur have been feeling down recently. I usually don't share the emotional part of things online, but it's like, it's so true. It can feel so lonely to work for yourself or just kind of be doing your own thing, but it's also so rewarding when you look back. Wow. Yeah. That's I tell incredible. people this every once in a while we have sock puppet board meetings and those are the days I scare myself the most. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, it, but it is great. And I, I honestly would not trade it for the world. And I, my mantra for a long time was I'm going to make this work if it kills me. Mm -hmm. 
and it hasn't killed me yet. So I'm, good. I'm rocking and rolling, still going. Good, good, good. That's amazing to hear. And when it comes to burning out and all this stuff, how has that changed with the pandemic? Because I feel like we're in this weird state in the world, but how has your business mindset and just your mindset in general really shifted? Uh, even though it's not as easy to kind of get out and about, and I limit my trips out of the home office uh, mm -hmm. and out of my recording studio a lot more than I used to. But what it comes down to is people have asked me before, you know, when do you ever have a bad day? Yeah, I have plenty of bad days. What do you do on those bad days? Or what do you do when you're struggling, you're feeling disconnected? I said, I leave here and I commit an act of kindness or two or 10, mm. however many it takes. And they don't have to cost anything. I mean, they're there are days I'll just go from home to the grocery store. I'll ask my wife if we need anything and she'll say, oh, one or two things. Mm -hmm. Great. I go to the grocery store and I play shopping cart rodeo for five minutes. <laughs> I go rescue the abandoned carriages and I either bring them back to the corral or back to the store. Oh, nice. And if I don't need them, I'll just ask somebody, you know, hey, do you need a carriage? I just rescued it from out there. The hand grips <laughs> warmed up. The wheels hardly wobble. You'll love it. <laughs> and they're laughing and I'm laughing. And even if they don't need it, they're smiling. And I've left a situation better than I found it. And, and that's, that's what it comes down to. Leave as many situations as you can better than you found them, even with a kind word. And if you're not comfortable leaving the house, mm -hmm. if you're on Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever, whatever social media you're a part of, think of a friend you haven't talked to in a while and type them a direct message. Or if you're on your phone, if you can leave a, vo a voice message, mm -hmm. um, do that because you're going to feel better they're going to know somebody's thinking about them. And I've got one friend, uh, Max, Max Nakes. He's out in California. And I was the voice of his audio version of his book. Hmm. And I told him when I recorded it, Max, if you upset me before the time I finish this, I'm going to chug a Dr. Pepper and burp through your entire book and not edit it out. And he goes, okay, okay, brother Steve, I'll be good. I'll be good. So now, even though I finished the book a year and a half ago, Every week I record radio shows. And if I happen to be drinking a carbonated beverage and burp, I send him the burps every week. <laughs> oh my gosh. As silly and as, you know, uh, immature as that <laughs> sounds, he thanks me every time. Wow. So in those little opportunities you have to make somebody else's day better, brighter, happier, sillier, mm -hmm. do because they are going to have as much of an impact on you as it does on them. Wow. That's incredible. Especially in the time of a pandemic, we all need a laugh. And I kind of put out a post today saying like creative entrepreneurs and positive people are needed more than ever, especially after what happened on the sixth. And it's just like kind of incredible how much a little tiny thing, like even that burp recording can make a difference yeah. in someone's day. Like that's yeah, incredible. I, I sent him one yesterday because I, <laughs> I recorded my, uh, I'm on a radio station over in England oh. and I record record three shows a week. It's called Inspire Radio. Uh -huh. And I was recording them yesterday instead of today. So last night I actually sent him. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, and even the shopping cart example that you had, like, this is why I love your perspective on life because it's, you don't have to donate like a hundred dollars to a charity to make a difference in the world. You can just bring someone yeah. a shopping cart. That's so simple. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And, and just make people laugh. I mean, gosh, I feel so bad for store employees right now because they're getting the brunt of people's uh, attitudes. Mm -hmm. And it, as though they're, you know, it's their fault. So whenever I go to the deli counter 
I always look for people who are wearing interesting masks. And at our local store, there's a woman who has one that says Spaceballs, the mask from the movie Spaceballs. Yeah. And one of the jokes of the movie is they marketed everything. It was Spaceballs, the video game, Spaceballs, the, you know, the golf club. <laughs> so she has Spaceballs, the mask. And we just started laughing and trading movie lines. And when she put my deli meat up, it was just a hair over. And I said, you know what, if I worked here, I would take a bite out of that, put it back on there and say, perfect. It would probably be my last day working here. And she goes, she leans over and she goes, I have always wished I could do that. <laughs> so we just started laughing. And when I walked away, her eyes were all scrunched up because I could tell she was laughing. And I was laughing too. So wow. Wow, that's incredible. I think you could have like a little mini podcast of just your day going throughout your day saying what you did to make people laugh. That's hilarious. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I love it. You know, and it helps me so much. It helps me to just feel connected yeah. with the rest of the world. Yeah, definitely. And you're so right. The people on the front lines, including the store workers, the healthcare workers, like they're the ones who need the laughter the most, I think. Yeah, it's a stressful situation, but that's perfect. That's a great way to make someone's day. So let's get into vision boarding. As you can see, it's right behind him, the vision board mastery class. And I have my vision board right here from this past year, the other ones under my desk. Um, yeah. But can you tell me what got you into vision boarding? And like, what is it for people who don't know? Yeah, I've always described vision boards as a well mounted GPS for the next phase of your life meaning it's it's your goals, your hopes, your dreams. It's the outcomes you want to create, say, in the next year or so. I usually say year because it's manageable. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've had some people say, oh, 20 years from now, I want to have this. I'm like, great. What's it going to look like a year from now? Mm -hmm. and, and start to do that. And not to just think of it as a vision board party or just slapping pictures on a board and all of a sudden the universe will provide because that's yeah. That's a vision board party. And, and I actually have a t-shirt line that says, friends don't let friends attend vision board parties. <laughs> and it came out of a comment I threw out in, in a me ranting about somebody having a party. Um, really connecting emotionally to what it is you want. And there are nine major areas of our life to not just think of things mm. or material wealth. It's to think of your career, your finances, your physical health, your emotional well-beings. What emotions do you want to feel the most in the next year? Mm. Your best, closest relationships, you know, close with family, friends, et cetera. Your spirituality, if that's important to you. Your ethics, your morals, your integrity. How? What's your barometer to get there? And, mm. and how, how integrity-filled do you need to be? Because that's going to dictate your actions. All of these things work together all day long to get you somewhere else. So it's really important to know even just one goal per category, what you want the next year of your life to look like. And you're going to very quickly find out that they all work together. So it's not a balance between, mm -hmm. it's an integration of, and this gentleman, he actually recently passed away. Uh, Tony Sai was the CEO of Zappos. And he was the first person I heard talking about integration of how all of these things work together. So I encourage people to think of what their goals look like, feel like, sound like, even smell like, mm -hmm. to really connect your emotions to where you want to go. And it's a lot deeper than most people think the process really is. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot of soul searching, I think. And it's kind of ties into interior design, because that's actually what I am in, uh, going to school for. And 
we're always like, what is the experience like when you're experiencing? Um, I don't know if people want to feel hope this year. What are the smells? What do you feel like? What are the sounds? Because a lot of people think design, okay, you're just picking a pillow out and stuff. But a lot of the spaces are a lot more advanced than that. It's creating a whole experience. And that's kind of the similar thing when we're creating our vision boards as well. It's a whole experience. Yeah. And I like how you said yeah. integrated versus balanced because there is a difference there. And I think it makes mm -hmm. it less intimidating when you say integrated. Yeah, because so many people think, well, you know, it's a balance between work and life. Mm -hmm. You don't just put one hat on and go be a certain way at work for eight hours and then come home and flip a switch and be different. I mean, if you can just bring the best of yourself to everything you do, mm -hmm. it's going to make your life easier. It's going to be a lot more cohesive. And if you've got family, friends around you, if you've got kids, believe me, they're watching. Mm -hmm. and, and they can pick up on the different things. So if they just see mom or dad or stepmom, stepdad, aunt, whatever, being a certain way all the time, that's setting a much better example than just saying, well, I'm going to go out here and do whatever I have to do to make the money, mm -hmm. even if it's not above board. And then I'm going to come home and tell my kids to be really good human beings. You know, you got to have, it's got to be integrity right. throughout. And you have to choose your level of integrity. And uh, one of my grandfathers said, when I was 15 years old, he said, integrity is something you can compromise once and you'll never have a hundred percent again. Yeah. And then he said, you know, get a haircut because my hair was, <laughs> that's but funny. that stuck with me ever since. That's a really good point because I think that that's something um, that a lot of people don't talk about because I'm grateful. And my parents uh, were very stable and, um, I just grew up, I had a really nice growing up time. And I think my dad showed up to work. He owns his own business, small business owner like us. Um, so I probably got that from him, but I think he showed up the same for every single person. He showed up the same for me as he did for my mom, as he did for my sister, as he did for the person at the dump. Like it sounds so silly, but you just have to be, um, level and you have to be real. And I feel like, again, on social media, sometimes you see two sides of people and it's like, which one is real? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's why I always tell people, I said, look, I'm the same person on stage, off stage, backstage, on the street corner <laughs> and walking down the Captain Crunch aisle at the grocery store. I'm the same that. guy everywhere. And I've had profound moments of my life in every single location, including the Captain Crunch aisle. <laughs> That's awesome. And I think that is so important. And I love meeting people who believe in that as well, because I feel the same way. Like um, my boyfriend and I were talking and he's like, I feel like you're just the same with everyone. Cause like, I'm the same with his friends as I am with my friends. And I took that as a compliment. Cause it's like, thank you. Like, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be anyone. I'm just me. <laughs> so yeah. 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 I love that. I, I think that's great that, I mean, at your age that he notices that and sees that in you already. I think that is, is an amazing gift and it's an amazing thank intention you. on your part to live that way. That's yeah. great. Thank you. And I guess it is an intention in a sense, but also it's not because I just feel like I'm being myself. And like, when I see people like you and my father and like, um, even other older people that I look up to, it's just like, that's how I want to be. And that's a real person right there. And I'm not trying to be fake or prove anything to anyone. Like, it's just that way for me. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend the other day say, Oh, I want to be you when I grow up. And I said, wait a minute, you're four years <laughs> older than I am. She goes, yeah, but I'm not grown up yet. 
I'm like, well, I'm not either. She goes, well, I just want to catch up then because she started her own business this past year oh. and she's trying to bring the energy and the joy. And it's been such a thrill to watch her grow through the first six, seven months of it. And she's wow. going to do great. Yeah. No, that's another thing too. I love seeing other entrepreneurs who have started this year um, creating their new ventures. I think it's so incredible. We have kind of this down weird time, but if you take advantage of it, there's some beautiful things that have come out of this. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm off to my best start ever in a new year Wow. because of 2020, because in so many people say, well, we chose to pivot and pivots a word that gets used a lot. So the way I explain it is I bounced my business off the wall a different way. <laughs> yeah. And I, I came up with a whole new way to present my vision board work, but also created an ongoing coaching component for my personal, my entrepreneur, and even my corporate clients. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're off to the best start ever. Wow. Congratulations. That model. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Wouldn't have happened without 2020. I'd still be out there hopping on planes and flying around. And <laughs> yeah, I tell people, I said, look, I've been dressing up nicely from the waist up since March 14th of 2020. And here we are. Yeah. I love that. Like I've seen memes and like pictures of people like dressed up with a tie and then they have sweatpants. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I always wear pants. Some people ask me that they go, are you wearing pants? Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Always, always, always. You have to. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so what's on your vision board for 2021? Uh, the first one is a number. It's 225, which is the weight I want to see on the scale at the end of the year. Because nice. I did a lot of snacking during 2020 <laughs> and, of course, couldn't go to the gym. So, uh, yeah, I weighed myself right around the end of the year and said, oh, my, we got to get down to 225. So that's one of my goals. It's a number. Love it. And all I need to know is, is what that number is. I've also got a goal to have the Vision Board Mastery Program licensed by three Fortune 100 companies this year. Wow. One of my big goals is to be the go-to personal development tool in the Fortune 100. So by the end of this year, I want to make inroads into three Fortune 100 companies. And one of the clients I'm working with right now is kind of the test drive of this new nice. method. So that's one of the big goals. Uh, I do have a certain income level that I want to hit this year. I generally don't share that number. Right. Uh, a brand new car this year oh. is on the vision board because mine is 10 years old. It still runs fine. Mm -hmm. And it's got almost a quarter million miles on it. But now oh. that I am closing down my DJ company, I want to get a new vehicle because then I won't be banging and denting equipment oh, right. in and out of it and damaging the interior. So I've held off as long as I yeah. wanted to. So that's on there as well. Plus um, some generous acts of kindness goals as well. That's awesome. What type of car do you want, by the way? <laughs> a 2021 Honda CRV. Nice. I love that's that. That's the vehicle I own now. It's a 2010 and it is the single greatest vehicle I've ever owned. It has given me less trouble than any other car I've ever had. Good to know. Honda's a good brand, people. <laughs> so that's good. I love that. Um, and what is a moment from your past 2020 vision board that you can share that you just looked at recently and you're like, wow, everything fell into place for me in 2020? Yeah, well, uh, it's I've had the acts of kindness on my board forever. And I think back in the Hobie days when I first met you, I talked about how a little piece of every speaking event I was a part of, uh, every paid event, would go to a nonprofit. Well, we've been doing that yeah. since about 2012. 
And in 2020, a goal that we'd had for a couple of years finally got realized. Uh, our Beach Bum Philanthropy, that's our giving mission, mm -hmm. is now an official 501c3 nonprofit. Wow, congratulations. So we're now able, thank you. We're now able to accept donations, which we couldn't do before. We couldn't ask for any. Mm -hmm. But now we're going to be able to do bigger and better things as far as the giving have a greater impact on the homeless and those in need in our local community. So that was a wow. big one for 2020. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. And I love, like when I was looking back too, I had certain moments and it, you just kind of feel so fulfilled and so proud of yourself. And it's okay to feel those things. Cause it's like, we work so hard to get where we are. So that's incredible. Congrats to you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And, and again, it comes back to surrounding yourself with the right people. Yeah. I looked at the paperwork for about a year and a half and I just thought, oh my gosh, this is so complicated. And I don't want to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. I was talking with my sister. She lives down in Texas. And she said, are we going to do this or not? I said, I can't figure out the paperwork. And she goes, uh -uh, your sister's a CPA. <laughs> and I went, right. I mean, the old joke for the longest time was she got the brains. I got the really cool job. Yeah. <laughs> but she, she took over all of the paperwork and she navigated through it nice and slow and steady. And right around the end of the year, we got the final approval for at least right now at the state level. And we're just waiting for federal confirmation mm. that we're a 501c3. Wow, that's incredible. And again, like all the paperwork can be so complicated, but again, it's finding the right people to help you along the way because you couldn't do it by yourself. Yeah. So what are some issues to that point of giving and philanthropy that you really um, stand by and that you really want to donate to and make an impact? We have been uh, part of the giving family to a local place called Liberty House for about the last eight years. And they help homeless and in need veterans. Oh, wow. And that's just the segment of society, I think. I mean, my heart goes out to a lot of people. But for those who've served our country and they come home and, and for whatever reason, whether it be mental illness, addiction, PTSD, mm -hmm. they really struggle to get back into day-to-day -day society. And they often find themselves homeless and they find themselves in really tough situations. So we love to support the places who support them. Mm -hmm. So at one point we were making between myself, my mom and my stepmom, between 12 and 1500 bag lunches a year, just the three of us Wow! from our kitchens. One would bring 10 on Monday, 10 Wednesday, 10 Thursday, that would last the weekend. Mm -hmm. Then the Monday bags would come back. And it was such a joy to just do those little things each week, you know, it didn't cost us a ton of money. It was more time, mm -hmm. but then other people started reaching out to us because we try to use the beach bum philanthropy Facebook page as an educational tool. I never want to be one of those people that goes, Hey, look at me. I'm helping the homeless. How yeah, do you yeah, feel yeah. homeless, sir? Aren't I great? We try to use our site as a way to educate people. And when people saw it was as easy as making lunches, we started to have people call up and go, Hey, Steve, I got six jars of peanut butter. Could I, give those to you to help make your lunches. And all of a sudden, all these little gestures made it possible to keep it going and growing. And then other people started to do it in their communities. Wow. And it was just amazing. I just got goosebumps when I said that. And it was amazing <laughs> to just watch how it rippled mm -hmm. outward as simple as making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And I'll never forget the first day I ever made any. It wasn't even a regular loaf of bread. It was all the crusts because as a volunteer at Meals on Wheels and we yeah. weren't allowed to send the crusts out. So I took them and I made sandwiches on the dashboard of my car. Oh. And I made a heck of a mess. It looked like a picnic had exploded <laughs> inside my car. 
and they were sloppy and there was jelly all over the place. And I brought them to Liberty house and they could not have been more gracious and wow. thankful. And I just asked, what else do you need? And they said, well, if you want to make more sandwiches <laughs> and then it became full on bag lunches with fruit and healthy stuff. And nice. yeah. Wow. And that's a similar experience I had ever since I was like in second grade, I think I used, uh, I served at the soup kitchen and it, there's nothing like giving someone in need a meal. Like you, yeah. you can donate to charities and stuff and that does make me feel good, but it's like, there's nothing like doing it in person and seeing their face and seeing their reaction and feeding them because they're probably starving. So, wow. Yeah. I love that. That's an incredible yeah. cause. And I love that you working towards that in the new year as well. Yeah, I was there today, as a matter of fact. Oh, because awesome. uh, even though our shelves are eh, they get a little bit bare, 2020 was a bit of a struggle. The businesses took a big hit. Yes. But I started baking a lot of stuff. And apparently this pear bread recipe that I found <laughs> is a favorite. So every time I go yeah. to look in the box, they go, any pear bread? <laughs> yeah, this, I cover it up all the time now when I go there. Uh, today, I covered it up with a winter hat that we were donating in. They looked and they go, oh, great, a hat and some canned goods. And I went, and pear bread. <laughs> so they were they were happy and it just made me laugh to do that. It's so, so. funny what makes people happy. It, like pear bread, that's hilarious. I love it. And it's yeah. it makes an impact on these people's lives. So again, yeah. incredible. And I learned how to bake. I make a heck of a mess in my kitchen like <laughs> two days a week now. So Wow, that's honestly so impressive. I usually do the cake box mix, to be honest, and I could probably get better at baking, but that's really cool. <laughs> Lots of new talents in 2020 that have come out of that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about manifestation. Do you believe in it? I know some people don't, but let's talk about that. I do. hundred percent. I too. believe in manifestation. Uh, I also believe it's not what so many people believe it is and what unfortunately too many people are teaching it as. And part of it for me goes back to if you've ever read the book or seen the DVD of The Secret. Yes, I have. Early 2000s. It, it was a really good broad brush of the law of attraction and manifestation. Mm -hmm. The downfall of the secret for me, for me personally, and I love the secret, mm -hmm. was that they used the genie in a magic lamp. And it kept saying, your wish is my command. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's a little too limiting for people to manifest things. I believe we need to identify what it is we want, what it looks like, feels like, sounds like, smells like attach as many senses and emotions as possible. Mm -hmm. But then we have to start to figure out how are we going to at least meet it halfway? Mm -hmm. uh, taking steps, seeing what the outcome would be. What skills might I need to learn? Who might I need to be associated with? Who may I need to learn from? And start to explore, go on YouTube, look up articles, find speakers, look up their video channels and, and just mm -hmm. start to get closer to where you're going to have to be to meet the universe at least halfway. Hmm. Because so many people say, I wish for this. And then they sit there on their couch, put their feet up, yeah. eat a bag of Doritos, waiting for the universe to knock on the door and go, dude, your wish is my command. Here you go. It's <laughs> wow. not going to happen that way. And I saw a perfect example yesterday because I'm part of uh, a couple of Reddit forums for vision boarding and law of attraction. And mm -hmm. there was a young man there who said, oh my gosh, manifesting is wonderful. I wish for a new phone all through 2020. <laughs> And I couldn't afford it. And then I got one for Christmas from my parents. I put it out there and just, you know, set it and forget it. And it happened. Well, what he failed to realize was something he had shared in the, in the article was he had worked in his parents' shop 
throughout the year, as many hours as he could to help out the family. Uh, he had worked super hard to maintain really good grades. Mm -hmm. And his parents mm -hmm. even said, we got you this phone because you worked so hard because you maintained your grades. Mm -hmm. So he actually did the work to earn it. He just wasn't giving himself the credit. Mm. You know, the universe is not a set it and forget it thing. You are not a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> like the old, you know, set it and forget it. Yeah. You know, you got to be part of the process and you have to meet it at least halfway. Like Wayne Gretzky, legendary hockey player. Mm -hmm. He never, he, he always said, I never skated where the puck was. I skated where it was going to be. And that's what allowed him to score so many goals is he saw in advance where he had to be mm. and developed his skills, his skating and his puck handling so he could score. And, and I think that's what we have to remember with regard to manifesting. We don't just wish for it. Mm -hmm. We have to be where it's going to happen with the right skills, the right mindset, the right attitude and the right preparation to mm. accept it and be aware that it's there. Too many people are staring at their shoes, wishing for better things mm -hmm. instead of looking forward and looking around for the opportunities because yes. they're there. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to seeing opportunities that are right in front of you um, to get you one step closer to where you want to be. And I like how you said you have to meet halfway because I do think a lot of people are like, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm, I want this next year. And it's like, okay, so what are you doing each day to get there? And um, I actually watched The Secret yeah, I watched The Secret and listened to the audiobook when I was really young. So my dad is like all into like all the motivational um, books and all the old ones, even like Think and Grow Rich I have right here. But when I was yeah, super classic. young, I, yeah, I was like seven years old listening to this stuff. And I'm like, this is a secret to life. So um, when you came into Hobie, um, I was like, this is incredible. When I saw you on the program, motivational speaker, I was like, this is meant for me. But I loved it. I loved it. So I think putting yourself out there and seeing the opportunities will really get what you want when it comes to manifestation. Cause it takes yeah. work. <laughs> it does take a lot of work. And the, the funny part about it is when you do succeed, when you do all the work, people who weren't even a part of it, didn't cheer you on, maybe didn't even know you're going for it. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden they're going to come around and go, Oh my gosh, you are so lucky. <laughs> I know. And you know, they, they don't know what they don't know. So I, yeah. I finally, I used to get upset about that. And then finally, I just coined a hashtag. It's just, and, it, and it's not super offensive. It's just hashtag up yours. <laughs> that's what I say to people, especially if they're friends of mine, I'll go, Oh, you think it was lucky up yours. Yeah. No, honestly. <laughs> and they laugh and they go, no, 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 really. I know you worked hard. I'm like, no, you don't, you don't <laughs> even have a clue, but thank you. I appreciate that. I yeah. made it look that easy. You want to see exactly. my scars? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It honestly takes blood, sweat and tears. Like I feel like a lot of people just look at all the accomplishments, accomplishments online and they, and we're not sharing the everyday. Okay. I did these, this five minutes of reading about this topic that I'm learning about. We don't share that. We share the better moments, the more exciting moments of our life. And I actually yeah. saw this really cool infographic that is exactly like what we're talking about. And one of them was hard work and it basically showed like an upward exponential kind of exponential graph and then the other one was luck and it showed like a bunch of random bars that were like everywhere and then luck was the one red one that was like at the top so basically that visual describes what we're talking about and that luck does happen to some people like it really does but then um hard work it's kind of like you're growing exponentially and you're in it for the long term i think yeah, yeah. And, it, and it chugs like a train it starts slow and it's again it's just like the roller coaster when mm -hmm. you've done enough work 
and you do that last little thing that gets you over the top. Now you are on a ride that you couldn't stop if you tried because you did all the work to get there. Mm -hmm. So celebrate it. Scream your brains out. High five, <laughs> hug, handshake people and just celebrate. I talk to so many people who say, well, I, you know, I don't want to jinx myself by celebrating. <laughs> really? You did the work. You don't have to be out there saying to the world how great you are. Even if you go in your mirror and just point at yourself and go, you, <laughs> you did good. Yeah, you did good today. And I, I tell people, I said, there are days I look in the mirror and I don't want to compliment myself. So I'll look down and go, well, at least your socks match. <laughs> and then I'll leave. And then I'm happy again. And I'm laughing and, and I'll at least acknowledge something good. Yeah. And, and celebrate the moments. That's so important and having gratitude for how far you've come. Definitely. It's not egotistical to notice that you're, you're progressing, you're getting closer. I love that because um, I think there's a line between being egotistical and actually realizing being proud of yourself. And I think um, that's an important thing to realize, especially gratitude from this year. There's so many things to be grateful for. So those are some really good points. <laughs> so when it comes to 2021, what is one tip that you can give people leading a better lifestyle or a better life for themselves or they're fixing their mindset or making it better? Start to think of what's really important to you and not just in a material sense. Mm -hmm. How do you want to feel at the end of this year? And, and it goes back to what I talked about with regard to the nine different areas of our life. What emotions do you want to feel on a regular basis? Who around you creates those emotions? Mm -hmm. And who creates the opposite of those emotions? I'll tell you what, don't spend as much time or invest as much emotional energy with those people as possible. It's okay to put up walls. Sometimes we have to live under the same roof with people or we have to work in the same office space or we have that circle of friends. And I, I probably said this back in the Hobie days, you know, the greatest weapon in the world against negative people? Say, Caller ID. No. Oh, there you go. <laughs> to to just, just start deleting people from yeah. your life. Think of the emotions you want to feel and how you want to feel by the end of this year. No matter what's going on around us, you have the choice to react and respond to the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't just say, well, I'm angry because the world's going to hell. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but you have an opportunity to determine every day how you react to things and how you respond to things, meaning your thoughts, words, and actions in reaction. Right. You have the decision to share what you want to share on social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know people that have spent the last four years all day long screaming on social media, just venomous things all day long. Mm -hmm. instead of growing their businesses yeah. or instead of caring about people or instead of honoring themselves or progressing. I've left many of those people in the dust because I'm not saying the world's perfect. I don't ride unicorns across <laughs> rainbow skies, but I'm in control of me. Mm -hmm. And the day I chose to be that way was the day that I started to progress even farther. And every year people ask me, I said, you know, this is the happiest version of me that's ever lived. Mm -hmm. in the midst of a pandemic. Yep. I'm happy. Uh, I've got the most beautiful woman in the world who's working about seven feet above me right now in her <laughs> office that I get to wake up next to every single day. And just being who I am has become such a joyful experience whether times are good or times are challenging because of who I choose to be, how I choose to be, what I choose to notice and what I choose to invest in. Mm -hmm. It's all that a choice. Emotions. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's wow. 
impactful people. <laughs> That's yeah. incredible because um, two things there. I think to your point, it's so hard for people to say no and hang up on that person or block them. But honestly, this year going forward, I'm working on not burning bridges, but building better ones in the sense of like, I want to invest the time in people who make me feel good about myself, who add to my life versus take away from it and have that higher elevation of like mindset and just a positive mindset. Cause that's what I'm all about. So that's a really good point there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, also, I lost my train of thought, but um, also when you were talking about- Oh, no worries at all. Oh, don't ever worry about losing your train of thought. Oh, <laughs> I, do it, I do it all the time, yeah. believe me. <laughs> yeah, it happens. But those are I some- I say things in my head like, now arriving- uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're up on stage. I'm sure that's a, a little bit intimidating, but you do a great job at speaking. So, <laughs> thank you. Well, actually, it's funny. One of the stories that is the most impactful and requested in all my years of speaking came out one day because literally early in my career, I was in front of a big audience and I forgot what I was supposed to say next. Oh. And I scanned slowly all the way across, making eye contact. And I went all the way back <laughs> and still could not remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> so I grabbed the chair, turned it around, sat on it backwards, did this on the back of the chair. And I said, y'all mind if I take a set and second and explain why I became a speaker? And then I went, oh, that would be wonderful. Yes. And I told <laughs> the story and some, I made some people cry. Wow. And at the end, somebody said, oh my God, that was so impactful. We, we weren't expecting that. And in my head, I'm going, neither was I. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to roll with it. I love it. Yeah, that's it. And you just learn, you'll find something about yourself when you're in that panic moment that you don't let anybody else see your panic because they don't know what's coming next. Exactly. That's a so good whatever point. you say, they expected that's what was the plan. And afterwards, if you really liked it, it becomes officially part of the plan. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So don't ever fear the deer in the headlights. Thank God. There's a gift. There's a gift there to be had. So don't ever put yourself down for that. And I hope you leave that part all in now. I will. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Because um wow, no, you're just so impactful to me and inspire me because you take these little moments in life and really make them memorable. And just like your golf ball story, your roller coaster story, I'm going to re remember that for the rest of my life, this story here at the end. So um, thank you for that. And finally, can you promote yourself and let people know where they can find you? Sure. We've made it super easy. Everything about me and all my programs uh, are at motivationalfirewood.com. That's the site that has everything. It has actually a brand new webinar, which is my favorite thing I've ever created is there access to my books and of course the vision board mastery program, the coaching programs. And I believe there's all my social media links are there as well. Fabulous. Thank you so much for coming on today. I learned so much and I'm sure everyone listening is going to learn even more. So thank you, Steve. Oh, thank you so much. It was such an honor to be a part of it and be among your first guests of a brand new year and congratulations on everything you're doing. And, you know, for personally, I am so honored that all these years from my hobby appearance that you thought of me and reached out and that that means a ton and I hope you you understand how 
how much that means to me that you reached out. So thank you. I'm you're going to be on my gratitude first line tomorrow. Great, <laughs> grateful you. moments. You will be too. So thank you so much for your time. I am so happy to have had you and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're very welcome. Take care. Thank you for listening in. Hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed this episode. And if that inspired you, I would love if you shared on your social media platforms and tagged me at lilygrace underscore lifestyle on Instagram. Or you can visit my website at www.lilygraceyork.com to see my show notes and leave a review as well. I would love to hear your feedback, so please tell me everything and anything that you learned today. Stay classy, stay bossy, and stay listening.